This is the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. It's Friday, December 9th, and it's week 14 in the National Football League. I'm J.P. Shadrick with the best of the week from Jaguars Radio, Jaguars.com, and our social channels, Jags Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, as we recap a rough loss last week to the Lions and look ahead to the division rival Tennessee Titans. Thanks for listening on Jaguars.com through the podcast link at the top of the homepage or on the official Jaguars Podcast Network. That's on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your pods. And of course, we love feedback, so leave us a comment and a five-star rating. Let's start with the reaction to the Jaguars' Week 13 performance of 40-14 loss to the Lions in Detroit. Pete Prisco and Tony Vaselli join me each Monday afternoon on Jaguars Happy Hour Radio. And as you would imagine, it was mostly about the defense. When we welcome in Tony Vaselli and Pete Prisco and gentlemen, good afternoon. How are we feeling today? Pete, let's start with you. Oh, I'm feeling great. A lot better than that team's feeling. I can tell you that right now. That was an ambush. They were terrible. And and all the way across the board. I mean, it was just bad. And particularly that defense. And you have a lot of money, and we're going to get through and through it all night, but they have a ton of money invested in that defense. They have a ton of draft capital invested in that defense, and they stink. Okay? That's the only way to describe that defense. It stinks. You know, the, if you could t- name one player who played well on Sunday, who would it be on the defensive side of the ball? Luakon did some good things, but that's about it. Right, Tony? That's it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think the bigger issue, Pete, is this defense can't get off the ball. They're, they're no good on third down. And, and, they, and, they, and they have bus. They have guys – and running wide open at times and guys looking confused in the back half. And, and you, you couple that with the fact that we don't rush the passer. We have nobody who can win up front on any type of consistent basis at all. Um, when you need to, and that's how you get people off on third down, you pressure the quarterback, you force. Now they did some things that led to field goals where they blitzed and, and some good designs. But the, it, when I watch our defense, it feels like there's a bunch of confusion. Like guys are unclear. And you add to that, I mean, this team can't play man, Pete. I mean, they are trying their best, rolling out every corner known to mankind. And, you know, these are young guys. I'm not saying they can't learn how to do it. But right now, they're not ready to go out there and play man. So, it's, uh, you know, And they get lost. And like you said, they get when they get the young guys in there, they on the swift swing pass out of the backfield. I watched that. I'm still – I'm still trying to figure out if that's Muma, if it's Luacom, like no, somebody. I think, I think it's the corner. The way they played, it looked like they were playing the zone over there. He kind of carried. The, he went with the receiver. He's probably supposed to stay out there. No, I don't think they were in well, man on that play. No, but if you look at Luacom, he is doing spinning tops, trying to figure out where. You know, there was confusion. It was clear, and I, I don't know whose fault it was ultimately. Who's supposed to be there? But I know this: that the back, you know, swinging out as a checkdown is not supposed to have thirty yards of grass in front of them and so yeah there's a bunch of issues i think pete you said it i mean this is the side of the ball they've invested a ton of money in jaguars happy hour radio monday airs 4 to 6 p.m on 1010xl am jaguars.com and the jags social media channels on to huddle up with bucky brooks wednesday bucky john osier and i continued the defensive conversation how do they flush this one and move on to a a different feeling tennessee offense well, if you're Doug Peterson, what you have to do is you have to invoke the 24-hour rule. So no matter how bad it looked 
on Sunday. By the end of Monday, we got to be done with it. We got to put it to bed. We got to move forward. Uh, and it was embarrassing. I mean, it was embarrassing for a team to score on eight straight drives. And the only time that you stopped them was because they elected to kneel down at the end of the game. And so this is one where when you go back and you reevaluate the scheme and the personnel, there are issues. Some of the issues exist in the back end where you're not good enough to play man-to-man and you don't appear to have a, a feel for how to play zone. And so if you're Dan Quinn, uh, I, mean, if you, I mean, if you're Mike Caldwell and you're sitting here trying to figure out how do I call a defense to put my team in the best situation, it's hard if you can't play man and you can't play zone, uh, you can't heat them up because you have coverage deficiencies. It, it just makes it very, very difficult and challenging to win a game. And then the other part of this is up front, you thought the front was going to be the strength of the team. You thought that you would be able to really dominate the game with a four-man or a five-man line. And right now, the Jaguars haven't been able to do it. So it's a combination of the defensive coordinator looking at the scheme and trying to figure out what can I do better to help my guys perform, but then the players got to play better. And so everybody is accountable, coaching staff, players. Everyone has to raise their level of play heading into NC next week. Yeah, when you – I mean – when you can't play man or zone, there's, you know, so you know, those are the many, two choices. How many other options? Last time I checked, I mean, I mean, I'm not really trying to be cute there. I'm trying to emphasize. I, I'm getting a lot of questions about Mike Caldwell, and I know he's in his first year, and I'm sure there are things where he would he would tell you, yeah, I wish I had that one back, or maybe I could have done this differently or that differently. But I couldn't agree more with everything Bucky just lined up. When you can't cover in the back end and the quarterback can get rid of the ball at, at, at his leisure when he wants to, and when your linebackers are clearly having trouble recognizing so that the short stuff, uh, the checkdowns are available, it's hard to rush the passer when you don't have dominant pass rush. I mean, this team doesn't have a pass rush that's just going to scare you and get there with four. So I don't know really what you call. And then the other day you had the added effect of, an okay pass rush, because I, I do think with a good secondary, this pass rush would be okay. But you had an okay to not, you know, a three or four on a scale of, of uh, one to ten is the pass rush this year. But you had a really good offensive line that brought that pass rush down to where it was just non-existent. Because it, the Lions' offensive line is good. So I don't think it was a one-off. I mean, unfortunately, and JP, you have to read me every day, and I apologize for that. But Thank you. I've written two or three times this week, People talking about the defense regressing. I don't know if it has. They had two good performances this year against the Colts and the Chargers who were depleted offensively. And then you shut the Texans down to 13. Other than that, they've given up 20 every game. So are they regressing or is this what they are? And again, I'm not trying to year, sit. At this time of year, you should kind of know what you are. Yeah, and I'm, yeah. I'm not trying to sit there and hammer them, hammer them, hammer them, but I'm making the point that I don't know if you can look at the staff and say, oh, the players are getting worse. It's what... I think it is what it is, and the flaws that we see, I think, are the flaws, and I don't know if there's a way to get them better. I, I hope I'm wrong, but that's what it feels like. Uh, I kind of agree with you. I kind of agree with uh, like Jay when he says that. The flaws are the flaws, and you're not going to be able to radically change anything in the middle of the season. Uh, the players have talked about simplifying the scheme and doing things differently. The coaches have talked about that. Doug has talked about maybe we need to go bend but don't break and keep everything in front. The problem is the personnel that you have doesn't necessarily match the philosophy that you want to employ. And so going into this, uh, the personnel that was accumulated were 
more man-to-man corners, guys that were supposed to be able to go nose-to-nose and jam and play with you, uh, bump and run, but they can't do that. And when you put them in off coverage, they're kind of like fish out of water. They're not very comfortable in playing that. They don't understand uh, route concepts and combinations and how to pass things off. And so they get lost in the sauce. And so you see big plays happen. Um, this is one where we're going to have to kind of bite the bit for the rest of the year. And then in the off season, that's when you can overhaul the defense. And that's when you can implement and make some of the changes that need to be made uh, to be better, not only against the pass, but also in terms of rushing the passer. Because right now they're not getting it done in either aspect. I think Bucky has uh, off screen like a list of sayings that he marks off. And might lost, be my favorite of the year. Lost in the sauce was yeah. next on the list. That was a new one. As Bucky. much as I oh, hated I, I that he was that, right but, in yeah. it, in his analysis there, I love the fact that we heard lost in the sock. Pretty good. <laughs> we knew exactly That's what you really meant, good. too. It That's makes really sense. really good. It, it, it fits. <laughs> Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks airs Wednesdays at 4 o'clock on Jaguars.com and Jaguars' social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Now to the quarterback. Trevor Lawrence suffered a sprained toe in last week's game on a sack just before halftime, and it looked a whole lot worse than that. Lawrence explained this week. I thought it was my knee at first, you know, um, just the way I got twisted and, you know, I thought, I really thought it was my knee. That's why I kind of grabbed it on the field. It just scared me more than anything because it bent away. It's probably not supposed to bend. Um, and then when I was laying there, you know, my, my knee was hurting a little bit uh, and I felt my toe a little bit too, but my first concern was my knee. So I was laying there and trainers came up there checking everything and asked me if it hurt. And I was like, actually, you know, when they were moving it, didn't really hurt too bad. So that made me feel better. And then when I got up and started moving around, my toe was, my toe was hurting. Um, you know, and then from there, obviously, like after the game and Monday morning, I woke up and it was really, really sore, stiffened up on me. But, um, yeah, I kind of dodged a bullet for sure on that on that hit. Backup quarterback C.J. Beathard took the first team reps Wednesday and Thursday, but Lawrence was back on the practice field Friday, and he's trending the right way toward playing in Sunday's game against Tennessee. Let's move down to the Ozone podcast this week. Travis Etienne Jr., the second-year running back, sat down with John Osier and talked about the mindset of the team now coming off the Lions game. I feel like uh, we just hit a reset. We just hit a hard factory reset. <laughs> and I feel like everybody's back uh, on ground zero. And now uh, we just excited for opportunity to go out there and show ourselves, uh, just to show the world who we really are. And uh, we feel like last week uh, that wasn't who we was. Right. Uh, we didn't put our, our best self on film. We want to go out there and try to fix that. And uh, thankfully, we have another opportunity. We can't let that happen again. So I feel as if everyone hit a factory reset, everyone's locked in on this uh, this moment, this opponent, and I uh, know that's just the, big, the biggest game of our season. So when the internet's down and that wheel's spinning, you just hit the reset button. That's what you guys did. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I, I, I feel as if I, when my Wi-Fi at home is not working right. or is moving slow, I just turn it off and turn it on, <laughs> and I was back moving fast again. Gotcha. Just unplug it. So, so where are you at now mentally? I mean, you know, obviously uh, believe strongly, and now you've shown yourself what you can be in the NFL. Does that help your confidence going forward? Or I guess you said you already had it, but uh, did – the stretch you had and your success, has that helped you going into games now? Uh, uh, yes, sir. Uh, definitely, de- definitely say that help. You definitely uh, go out there and you, uh, you see it now instead of just having that vision in your head. Sure. Now you got something to rely on. So I feel like it definitely helps. But um, I feel like the but your league, confidence was never a problem, was it? At all? No, sir. My confidence yeah. never was a problem. I, I've been playing football my whole life. I've kind of been good uh, right. ever since I started playing and. uh I just feel as if I always had that skill set about myself and the will to make it work. And uh, I have great players around me. Uh, they're professionals, so they make my job a lot easier. 
and uh, I feel like I have the best athletes around me, so why wouldn't I be good uh, right. on the biggest stage? I was going to ask you about that, because looking at your stats, I think everybody knows your college stats. High school, I think it was 8,800 yards, 9,000 yards, you know, four or 5,000. I mean, you are used to producing, and it, it's what you do. Uh, does that help as a runner to know that you've got that and to have that experience even when you get to the highest level? Uh, yes, sir, because um, at the end of the day, it all falls back on uh, just your fundamentals. Right. Um, how you were groomed since you were younger. Or just the, the, it falls, falls to the little things. Mm-hmm. And I feel as if the coaches that have been in place and instilled in my life has have really just instilled good things in me and uh, good foundations for me just to fall on in those tough times. And now i got Coach Parham, who's a really great coach, who played the position in the NFL, mm-hmm. who knows what it looks like. And, and, and he instills a lot of stuff in us too. So I feel like, uh, when things get hard or I'm out there and uh, I'm not getting those big runs and uh, things are getting tough, I right. just got to stick to my plan, uh, trusting my teammates, and uh, just know that it's going to happen. Do not get down on yourself. The Ozone Podcast presented by Vice Star is available now on the official Jaguars Podcast Network. And also this week, left guard Tyler Shatley was named the Jaguars nominee for Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year. He joined me on the Crown Royal Water Break to explain his reaction and more. We saw how you found out about it, so the reaction and uh, what that means to you. Yeah, you know, it's a great honor. Obviously, there's a lot of guys on the team do a lot of things in the community. Um, it's awesome to, be, <laughs> awesome to be surrounded by these great guys uh, and, you know, obviously an honor to be uh, nominated. All right, to football now, division rivalry. Tennessee, you've been here for nine years, so what does it take to, to get over the top against a good physical football team? Oh, you know, we got to go out there and play clean ourselves. we got to, you know, protect the ball. Uh, I mean, just do the simple stuff, you know, run, block, tackle, catch the ball, you know, nothing, nothing crazy. Just, you know, do our part and give ourselves a chance. There is still a chance for this team down the stretch, too. You guys kind of hold on to that here in the last month, I'm sure, right? That's right. Yeah, we're just, you know, I mean, we've always got something to fight for. Even, you know, if it's just pride, like, you know, we're uh, we're going out there and give it our best because at the end of the day, you know, you're playing to, uh, you know, for your family, for the name on the back of your jersey. So there's still a lot to play for. It's time to deck the halls, Duval. Join us Sunday, December 18th, as Trevor Lawrence leads the charge against Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Whether you're gifting the game or treating yourself, we've got tickets to fit every budget. So visit jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. In a moment, press conferences and players, plus a look ahead to the Tennessee Titans. All that after this. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa debit card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Weekend Review Podcast presented by TIAA Bank. And check out the official Jaguars Podcast Network. It's free on iTunes or Spotify. We have this program each and every Friday, the Huddle Up Podcast, the Ozone Pod. Give us that five-star rating as always. We move now to the coordinators from Thursday. Defensive coordinator Mike Caldwell discussed the lack of energy early in last week's game and how to change it. Well, the thing about it is you noticed it watching the film about we have a saying that when one makes a play, we all make a play. And you should be excited when your brother makes a play. And you didn't see that on Sunday for whatever reason. So 
we just, uh, you know, we're going to dig deep and find out. Go back and let this game be a youthful game. Enjoy the game. When you're out there, have a smile on your face, go out there, make plays, and have fun with it. Offensive coordinator Press Taylor on the confidence level of C.J. Beathard if, for some reason, Lawrence would have a setback between now and game day. No, I'd say there's not anything he cannot do. Um, you know, and, and part of it is he's been around all season long since the day we put the offense in. Uh, we always try to tailor it to the strengths of our players. So that may be something if it were, if we made that decision, I think that's a late pivot uh, we could get to if we needed to of say, you know, this is, we have this in the plan. We like it versus defense, but, you know, based on CJ versus Trevor, whatever that may be, maybe it's, hey, let's stay away from that unless we need it. Or we kind of do that all the time every week. But depending on who guys are and where they are and how we see things express themselves during practice. Press conferences and select locker room sound available on jaguars.com. We look ahead now to the Tennessee Titans. Doug Peterson's Wednesday press conference set the tone on what to expect. I'll tell you, this is a good football team now, um, and our guys better be better be prepared and ready to go. Um, they're they're well coached, you know. Um, I know Vrabel well, um, you know, and they feed off of him and his uh, his excitement and enthusiasm and. Um, you know, it's a disciplined group, and um, it's a, it's a, it's very much like that Baltimore type game. It's going to be a sixty-minute, you know, football game. It's going to be a physical football game, and and uh, our guys, uh, you know, need to understand that. Are the Titans a good example of a team kind of taking on the personality of their coach? A hundred percent. They definitely feed off of him, and uh, you know, much like last week with Detroit, I think they they feed off their coach as well, and. And uh, this is this is no different. This is that same type of group, and you know they got they've got they, they, again. This team's been around a while. They got players that have played together for a long time, and and um, you know you see it. You see it on tape um, when you watch them. And uh, again, it's uh, it's, a, it's a disciplined group, a solid group, uh, both sides of the football, and and uh, you know we have to have a great week. Every game is you know line of scrimmage type game. Is it more so with the Titans who seem to just uh, have that smash mouth personality about them on the offense, really on both sides of the ball. I, I would agree. Um, you know, I think games like this, the trenches, as they say, um, control the line of scrimmage becomes important. Um, and the ability to to tackle, you know, Derek. I mean, he's a he's a big physical running back, and and uh, it's going to take all eleven defensively to to do that. And um, but. It, it de definitely starts both sides of the ball, offensive line controlling their D-line, and then, of course, you know our defensive line um, against their offensive line. Um, the trenches is, uh, is a big part of this game. Yes, and pretty much a feast or famine back in all games, including, including games with the Jaguars. What are you seeing uh, on tape for the people that are just, you know, that are holding them to, like, you know, 18 carries for 47 yards as opposed to the ones that are – you know, 21 for 178. Well, I mean, you know, I think the first thing is you understand that, that they, they want to run the football, you know, and they pride themselves on that. They do a great job of running the football. And so you see more people, you know, in and around the box. You're seeing, you know, corners, you know, having to tackle. And, you know, and that's what I mean by, you know, all 11, you know, um, you know, making making plays and, and, and supporting the run. Um, the, the, the one thing, though, that they've been able to do you know, a little bit is a little bit in the screen game, you know, with him is, is come off of that with play action and then screen to him. And he's been able to get some explosive, you know, carries that way. And, and, um, you know, they, they find, they find enough ways to, to get him the football, um, other than just handing it to him. And so, um, 
you know, that's why I think from a defensive standpoint, just understanding uh, what they're trying to do, studying the film, you know, have a great week of practice and preparation and go play. Priority number one, tackling Titans running back Derek Henry. He has a pair of career 200-plus yard games against the Jaguars. Linebacker Foye Aluokun on the tackling plan. As a team, 11-man 11, 11 football. We got to uh, fit our gaps. You know, they, they line up in certain formations. You know, they're going to run the ball. They might play action off of it. When he has the ball, we got to be able to get off our blocks and get to the ball because, you know, he is a very powerful guy, fast guy. We got to be able to plug up the gaps, and if he bounces it, get to the ball, help everybody tackle. It's a division game, of course. Wide receiver Christian Kirk knows what's at stake this week. Very important, uh, especially uh, Tennessee being in the lead right now. Uh, you know, we're all chasing after them. You know, so for us, you know, we have to bring the intensity. And, uh, you know, we know what type of game this is going to be. And, you know, we're, uh, we're ready for the challenge. And then on Jags Drive Time Wednesday morning, longtime Titans pregame radio host and now a host for OutKick is Jonathan Hutton. He explained the firing of Titans general manager John Robinson and much more about the team. The setup leading into this season was a loss to Cincinnati, and you touched on it in the previous uh, segment with, with Tannehill, who did not play well against the Bengals through throwing three picks. John Robinson literally cried at a media session at the Combine and was extremely upset personally about not finishing it off the way that he had hoped once they got the roster healthy, because they were really banged up, set a record for players on a roster last season. Then they extended him and Vrabel together contractually. That was February of this year. And December the 6th, he's out as the Titans sit at seven and five, losing two straight, but seven and five and with a win, clinching the division, they're gonna host another playoff game. The, the statement from Amy Adam Strunk was that the, the roster and the roster building simply isn't good enough based on the results they want to see. I'm stunned by it because normally that's a that's a move you make if it's about results once the results happen. And while I'm sitting here telling you, I don't think this team's going very far this year, I still will judge the team in January or February based on results and not December the 6th. Really interesting move. And that leads me to believe there's more of a rift behind the scenes between Robinson and Vrabel than any short paragraph could have told us based on moves that were made over the last year, year and a half. Which it's A.J. Brown's trade, but it's more than that. They, they have missed in the first and second rounds with some big picks. Uh, the roster building free agent-wise has not been great. And while there have been plenty of hits, there have been recent misses that led to yesterday's news. I'm still stunned by it because of what Robinson meant in the build back to what the Titans have become and the expectations that Robinson helped build ultimately are what what gets him fired yesterday. Uh, Take me through this team's chances this year. And it's kind of tough to get your head around because to me, I look at the Titans and they're a team that always knows how they want to play under Vrabel. It gives them a huge advantage. They know what they are and they're playing to that. They're 7-5. and five. I think they're going to the postseason. And the Titans have always been a team that sort of surprises people and people think they overachieve and they keep achieving, if you follow me. Is this a team that can do that? How, you know, how much can they do once they get there this year? Can they surprise people? John, it, 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 they're, they're capable of winning in the postseason. I don't think they're capable of winning different ways in the postseason. The Titans' path to victory, regular season, postseason, what have you, is it's a very specific and narrow path to a win. 
Uh, they're, they're not good offensively throwing the football. Their best offensive weapon is now in Philly. Traylon Burks is in concussion protocol. And if it's not him, they really don't have a passing game. Their best receivers, for the most part, are out of the backfield in the passing game, if not Traylon Burks, who they were hoping would develop this time of year. And again, back in concussion protocol, another good player for this team. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think they can win a game. I don't think this team is built for the postseason, though. They can run the football. They play good defense by getting after the passer. And they normally don't make stupid mistakes, and they play solid special teams. But there's not a lot of margin for error. I would describe a handful of teams this year as being able to win games with a B-minus performance. The Titans can't do that. The Titans can't have a B-minus, C-plus day and expect to beat a playoff-caliber team like the Giants the Chiefs, the Bills, the Eagles, the Bengals. They've lost to all those teams this year because they don't have a plan B if the defense shuts down plan A. And we know who that is, Derrick Henry. There's no secret to it. And they pride themselves on their identity being in the trenches. And recently, they haven't had an offensive or defensive identity in that regard. They haven't been getting after the pass for the last couple of weeks. And they haven't been running the football with any effectiveness Henry led the league in rushing this year through nine games. And since week 10, he's 22nd in the league from week 10 to today in rushing yards. That's how bad it's been. It's been a really big drop-off, and it starts up front of the offensive line where they've been pushed around. Jags Drive Time airs Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday mornings on Jaguars.com. And we wrap the week with a preview of our conversation with pride of the Jaguars running back Fred Taylor and his thoughts about the Tennessee Titans. All right, so how are you feeling about this game? Jags, Titans, they got to bounce back. That was a bad performance last week. After I saw the Ravens' performance, I said, okay, they got a shot to make a run. And then uh, the blowout a week ago versus the Lions, I'm like, no way, what is this all about? And then today, I feel like I always feel about the Titans, JP. I absolutely despise that team and I say that from the bottom of my heart it's 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 one of those games that will certainly bring out the best of me as a player and maybe the worst of me as a fan but I'm always optimistic and I don't care how bad of a Jaguars team that we're served up on any given year I'm gonna always hope and cross my fingers that somehow because it's the NFL that this might be the day that uh, we get an upset. And that's what we're always searching for when we play the Titans is an upset because they're, you know, unfortunately the better team statistically and usually across the board. Somehow they find a way to get those wins. So uh, hopefully we can be a team that find a way to get that win. The full conversation with Fred Taylor runs Saturday on the official Jaguars podcast network and more Sunday on Countdown to Kickoff on the Jaguars radio network that airs at noon. That'll do it for this week. This Sunday, the Jaguars at 4-8, the Titans at 7-5 at Nissan Stadium in Nashville. We're on the air in Jacksonville at 10 a.m. Sunday with the Publix Tailgate Show. And then at noon, it's countdown to kickoff on the Jaguars radio network. Kickoff for the Week 14 matchup is set for 1 o'clock. Enjoy the weekend, and thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars broadcast Week in Review podcast, presented by TIAA Bank.